Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we have a lot of news for you today and... Uh... So many things happening in New York, so many things happening in Washington, and the streets, the streets are still closed up. Would, would President Biden please go home, go home? I think Eric Adams is saying that, too. Eric Adams is saying that. <laughs> Eric Adams is upset that the President Biden didn't uh, meet with him on the migrant crisis. And rightfully so. He should have met with him. Absolutely. Absolutely, Absolutely correct. Well, it took me three and a half hours to get here. After all, I, I, I got to sit next to Curtis. So I don't know. <laughs> What's well, worse, well, the traffic in the studio, or we have uh, Congressman Peter King. We have uh, f- former Deputy Mayor uh, Rudy Washington and Judge Richard Weinberg. And, of course, we have Curtis Sliwa to tell us what the heck happened in Staten Island last night. And is there an update of what happened in Staten Island? How many grandmas got arrested? Well, six out of ten arrested were grandmas. The other four were males. And this was not a rally. Uh, they were not expecting the illegal aliens to be bussed into this senior citizen long-term nursing home care unit that was being prepared for the illegal aliens. I think the strategy of the Adams administration is sneak them in now, U.N. week, nobody's going to be paying attention. And all of a sudden, people came out of their houses. This is Midland Beach. This is the place that got wiped out during Superstorm Sandy. So everyone is very tight. And all of a sudden, they called a code red. Police terminology, 300 cops showed up, 300 cops, two drones, and the people were outraged. So they surrounded the MTA bus that had 12 illegal aliens on. The illegal aliens naturally wanted to go back to Manhattan because they were in the Hotel Roosevelt. You're out there in the middle of nowhere, Staten Island. There's nothing to do, nowhere to go, not even a store within walking distance. And the commander for the borough of Staten Island came out and told them they couldn't go anywhere. They had to go into the complex and then that's when the arrests were made. So you imagine police officers were seen on video handcuffing grandmothers, stepping over other women who were saying, no, no, this is our neighborhood. You can't do this. And this is the result of no transparency, no knowledge, no communication with the local community. So the community feels forsaken. And remember, this is the community that started Blue Lives Matter in the summer of 2020. Uh, when the George Floyd demonstrations by Black Lives Matter and Antifa were turning violent, Staten Island was the first to create Blue Lives Matter on Highland Boulevard outside of the 122nd Precinct. Remember, Max Rose marched with Black Lives Matter. What's Max Rose doing today? He's Long a gone. lobbyist for Frank Carone. He lost his seat to Nicole Maliotakis on that one issue. On that one issue. 
Wow. So he, let me, they were charged with what? Disorderly conduct? Let's get back to the grannies, right? And, and this is a senior center, right? That wasn't expected to be a migrant shelter, another pop-up, right? No, in fact, Borough President Vito Fisella weeks ago came on your program and explained to you they had just removed the last resident, a 95-year-old woman whose husband. It was had, all a coincidence, right? right? Had all served a in World War II, the greatest generation, and she was told, you have to find your own accommodations. Why? Well, we're moving migrants in. And then they started working on it to rehab it. And under the cover of darkness, 10 o'clock last night, they thought they could sneak them in. They got to understand that neighborhood will be vigilant 24 hours a day. They don't have enough cops out in Staten Island. The murder rate is 168%. It's increased. They need to use police officers to deal with crime, not supporters of the police. Uh, Rudy Washington, anything to say about that? Well, no, I, you know, I was curious because I'm looking at a bunch of police out right outside right now. Judge, if I recall, that overtime, are, are we being reimbursed for that by Washington? Of course not. That comes out of the city budget. And as we know, the budget is in trouble now. Uh, what is it, a $17 billion out year budget but, deficit? Listen, and the revenues were going down before this 110 or 114,000 people coming in here. The money was down. You've had the COVID epidemic, you have the crime epidemic, now you add the migrant, they're never going to be able to do that. And as you know, Rudy, they have to have under the city charter, you have to have a balanced budget. So you tell me how they're going to balance the budget. You have the balanced budget by raising taxes or cutting services. And they're talking about doing both. That's the scary thing. There are people on both sides. And Judge, if I recall correctly, you could only raise a a percentage per year. That's right. And and the only tax, as Rudy, as you know, is deputy mayor, the only tax that city government can raise without authorization from the state legislature. Right. And the governor is a real property tax. Right. And the biggest problem is is that Eric Adams decided to go mano mano with Governor Abbott again. Remember, said that monster in Texas. Well, guess what Abbott just said yesterday? Oh, I'm a monster? I'm going to double the number of illegal aliens <laughs> oh, I'm sending no. to New York City. Eric Adams needs to shut up about Abbott. He lost that battle. Focus on Joe Biden. He calls himself the Biden of Brooklyn. Focus on the president. Leave the governor of Texas alone, who's overwhelmed. I mean, we think we have problems. Look at the cities in Texas. They're dealing with hundreds of thousands of illegals. Curtis, all did the you time. see today? This is amazing. The the image of the migrant train that came from Venezuela. There are now thousands. There were like four thousand that suddenly came in. You remember the image of the Del Rio Bridge? It was all the Haitians. Today was a mirror image of it. They're now, guess what, in El Paso, Texas, where they just declared a state of emergency, and they're going to keep on coming. When they cross that border, they're going to be asked, where will you want to go? And based on all the videos they've watched. Not not Staten Island. (laughs) No, no. We want to stay away from the Spanies. We want Times Square, Grand Central, (laughs) Roosevelt Hotel. Thank you, Curtis. And 7.05 tomorrow morning on Sid's show, you're going to give him an update on tonight. I'm in jail. You know, jail. They have to mail it in. Rita, bring in. I understand we have uh, Greg Jarrett Jarrett on. Bring him in. You got it. Thanks, Curtis. And joining us now on the federal front, my goodness, if there was ever a serious he was like baked, seared, and grilled today. Uh, the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland. And joining us now is Greg Jarrett, of course, the great Fox News legal analyst. Greg, this was one for the record books. I, I said today that I think Merrick Garland should either resign or be impeached. He was disastrous. 
Well, I, I don't disagree. I, I think he proved to be a pathetic embarrassment. I mean, he was dodging and deflecting, bobbing and weaving like a has-been prize fighter, you know, with no punches, no defense. He kept saying over and over again, gee, I don't recall. I don't know. I can't talk about it. Uh, his chief defense is that he's clueless. You know, when confronted by members of Congress about major scandals at the Department of Justice, he said his knowledge is really just sort of limited to uh, what he reads in the media. Uh, he said others make decisions on major issues. So, you know, the fact is he's not really in charge. Merrick Garland is an empty vessel and a figurehead. You know, there was a moment, um, I'm sure you saw this, Greg Jarrett, uh, I think it was Jeff Van Drew going back and forth um, about, you know, you took an oath to protect this country. You took an oath uh, to be impartial. You are responsible for this. There was also another moment where another member of Congress said, you know what, uh, Mr. Attorney General, do you have a problem with rising crime? He couldn't even answer the question, Greg. It was stunning to me. Yeah, you know, and this harkens back to his confirmation hearing, in which I was utterly shocked. I watched it all. And this this seemed to be a guy who was not well-versed either in facts or the law. <laughs> you know, I kept thinking to myself, my God, Barack Obama nominated this guy to sit in the United States Supreme Court. Um, you know, it was really pretty embarrassing for him at the time. And, of course, he's gone on to become an incredibly embarrassing attorney general who I think, and I've long stated, has been running a protection racket uh, for Joe and Hunter Biden. I mean, this reminds me, uh, today's interview reminds me of uh, our former FBI director. Oh, yeah, Christopher Ray. But John, Christopher, no, no, Mueller. which one? Oh, Mueller. 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 Oh, no, by the way, John. Who couldn't remember anything. John, and I hate to say this, Greg, you tell me, I actually thought Mueller looks like uh, like William Shakespeare compared to what I saw today. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Look, it, it seemed to me that Mueller was suffering from diminished mental capacity uh, it was a, it was clear he hadn't even read his own report. Somebody else had written for him for him, and you know I'm I'm not sure he read it. If he did, he didn't uh, comprehend it. Um, and it was the same sort of thing we were seeing today. I mean, it, the most important point came when Garland, who you'll recall had testified under oath that David Weiss had full authority to bring cases in any jurisdictions, he repeated it. Today, But, of course, we know that's not true. The Biden-appointed U.S. attorney in Washington blocked Weiss's attempt to criminally charge Hunter Biden there. So, so today, in the most lame way, Garland tried to parse it this way, and I wrote it down. Quote, no one had the authority to turn him down. They could refuse to partner with Weiss. Well, <laughs> those are contradictory statements. If another U.S. attorney refuses to partner with Weiss, then he's he's being turned down. His case against Hunter Biden is being shut down. Uh, so Garland's response today was actually self-incriminating. That's a great point. You know, there was a moment, too, uh, speaking of the Hunter Biden stuff, where uh, I wrote this down, too. This was Congressman Tiffany. And he said, um, is there a problem? Do you have a problem, Mr. Attorney General? Here's the top law enforcement official of the United States being asked, do you have a problem with someone who is not supposed to have a gun who's on drugs? 
Do you have a problem with somebody throwing it in a, in a trash can in a dumpster near a school? Obviously, he's referring to Hunter Biden. But he said, just in general, I'm not going to ask you about a case. Should someone who's on drugs have a gun? I can't answer that. Uh, 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 uh. It was painful, Greg Jarrett. You know, where does it go from here? Well, and, and it was worse than I mean, he was deliberately deceptive. He repeatedly said that Weiss was appointed by Donald Trump. Uh, well, that's only half true. Uh, what he left out is Barack Obama originally appointed Weiss as acting U.S. attorney, and Trump kept him on only because he was pressured by the two Democrat senators uh, who insisted on it and were very close to Joe Biden. So, you know, it looks like the fix is in. Where it goes from here, um, Weiss will allegedly testify next before the Judiciary Committee, and he'll refuse to answer any questions about the Hunter Biden case, which is why Garland kept telling members of Congress today, oh, uh, David Weiss will answer your questions for you, knowing full well he never will. And Greg, uh, this is Rudy Washington. Um, what bothers me about all of this is that I look at Republicans get held in contempt, actually put in handcuffs and thrown in jail. Yeah. Uh, now we see perjury right in front of us. Um, nothing happens. I, I see Manafort went and was put in isolation uh, for Farrah violation. And we're talking the same thing and nobody's arrested. Nobody's thrown into solitary confinement. Uh, yeah. I, I don't get this obvious double standard that the country should see right in front of their own eyes. Well, and your point is so excellent because the FARA violations, the Foreign Agents Registration Act, those are felonies. They're serious. Lots of punishment. Uh, anybody in Trump's orbit um, who dared to talk to somebody overseas was immediately arrested and prosecuted and thrown in the hooskow for FARA violations. And here you've got Hunter Biden, who is running multiple influence peddling schemes uh, that are clear violations of FARA with China, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Romania, whole host of, of countries. He, there are even emails on his laptop saying, hey, you know, we've got to find a way around this FARA. You know, we, I, I don't want to comply with FARA. So it was obviously delivered. He should have been years ago criminally indicted for the FARA violations. But, you know, he has a D behind his name and his last name is Biden. So he skates. What a mess. Everybody, we're talking to Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, Judge Weinberg. Well, so, Greg, I'll tell you what upsets me most of all. That is, they've deliberately allowed the statute of limitations to run on some of the most serious charges. And with it and the deal just going after him on the gun charges, that's the shiny object they want everybody to pay attention to. They should be going after the big stuff. And the big stuff is that which may implicate the former vice president of the United States, the current president of the United States, and they're ignoring it. And at the very least, there should be either an indictment, and they're not going to have an indictment. They should make them waive the statute of limitation and not let it lapse. What say you? Yeah, you're Absolutely right, Judge. I mean, look, um, when a prosecutor is up against statute of limitations, he doesn't just let it expire. He does one of two things. He either brings the charges or he goes to uh, the accused or the suspect, the the defense lawyers, and says, look, um, you agree to waive the statute of limitations, to extend it 
while this investigation is pending. And routinely, defense attorneys say, okay, in hopes that, you know, maybe no charges will be brought. Here, there, there's no explanation why David Weiss allowed the statute of limitations to expire on the most egregious tax crimes, yeah. tax fraud, tax evaded, committed over a three-year period amounting to millions of dollars in unpaid taxes by Hunter Biden. You're right, it's crazy. Gone to prison. Thank you, uh, Greg Jarrett, and we'll catch up with you again uh, real soon. Keep your eyes open for the American people because they got to know the truth. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Greg. Thanks so much. Let's take a uh, break, and we're going to come back with Victoria Coates, our National Security Advisor, and... uh, Find out what the heck is going on. And the Iranian leader uh, saying, guess what? Uh, we can basically assassinate Americans on American soil. After, right after <laughs> her, Hank Shankoff. Can't wait. On what's going on in the Democratic Party. Hank Shankoff is great, by the way. Can't yeah, yeah. wait. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Well, uh, the leader of Iran on American soil at the UN, uh, repeated his U.S. assassination threats against people like John Bolton and Pompeo and others. It is outrageous. Right John- after he got $6 billion. Yeah, yeah, let's not forget about that. Great point, John. $6 billion. And then he kicked out the nuclear inspectors, too, Yeah. after he got the money. And joining us now is Deputy National Security Advisor Victoria Coates. Victoria, it, it was... It was, I think, one of the lowest points. Here he is in America making these just despicable threats, knowing, too bad, we just got $6 billion. We can do whatever we want. No, it really is outrageous, Rita. I'm proud to be on that list with Ambassador Bolton and Secretary Pompeo. Oh, so you're on that list, too. You're on the list. They put me on the poster. I I have it up in my office. You'll have to come visit us. Uh, no, it's, it's outrageous. There's absolutely no reason for the Iranian president to be given bully pulpit, pulpit at the United Nations to spread his, his lies and his hatred. I actually worked very closely with Senator Cruz to change the statute that governs how visas are granted to come to the United Nations uh, from simply saying that they could expel people who are engaged in espionage and spying to also those who engage in terrorism, which Raisi is under sanctions for terrorism. So Secretary Blinken had firm grounds to deny him this visa, to not give him this opportunity uh, to, to basically threaten American officials. And the one good thing about it, though, is that a lot of very brave uh, Iranian expats came out and protested in front of the United Nations, really demonstrating uh, that they could, the United States have the freedom to be able to protest this kind of uh, dictator. Yeah, you're right. By the way, we had on the show yesterday Alareza Jafarzadeh. He's a leader, one of the leaders of, and there's thousands of them out there. You just, I agree with you. Talk about the courage of them. Judge Weinberg. Victoria, you know what's driving me insane is the Council of Foreign Relations has invited him to speak there. 
How dare they legitimize these people? Especially after he spewed this stuff again. It's awful. And this has been going on, though, for years and years. Because remember, both Rouhani and Zarif were routinely invited uh, to participate in such roundtables to talk to Western media. And I had a, a, a journalist who's not at all a conservative, somebody whose name you would all know if I told you, who told me once he was shocked to go to a roundtable with Zarif, the former uh, foreign minister, and see his colleagues from the New York Times, you know, the Washington Post, embrace him, like literally hug him and treat him as an old friend. So he's got useful idiots in the mainstream U.S. Uh, media, and I can't imagine that's changed. Ms. Coast, don't forget that... Um uh, Ahmadjad was invited up to Columbia University and spoke. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. And, and Chavez, we, we Chavez. Chavez. I remember covering yeah. Chavez at uh, one of the universities here too. It was like uh, insane. And we have a proven Iranian flak, Musavian, who's uh, a tenured professor at Princeton. And um, he's, I mean, why he gets a visa is a mystery to me as well. Yep. Uh, Victoria, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. I know that you're in transit and it's such a busy time with the UN. So thank you for, uh, calling in. We so appreciate it. And you stay safe. Uh, we want to keep a copy of that poster in your office. <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you a picture. It's good stuff. Thank you, Victoria, so much. Great. Thanks. It sounded like she had the car radio going in the background. Yeah. No, I think she might be right in the middle of it because remember it with the UN and everything going on right now. I think she might be in, uh, maybe in one of those well, traffic right now, jams. <laughs> Off shut yesterday. Let's let's bring him on long. Uh, we have Hank Shankoff with us, the uh, political consultant, a Democratic political consultant, to find out what the heck is going on in the Democratic Party. Uh, Hank, uh, tell us, fill us in what's going on. If I knew John, you'd be the first to know. It's uh, kind of amazing. Nobody knows what's going on there. They're trying to uh, they're trying to protect it as an entity, not knowing what it means or what it stands for anymore, and to ensure that the Incumbent president remains in office. So that's the basic drill, but nobody knows why. There's no sense about um, what it stands for, what it means. It's splintered in constituencies that don't really like each other or get along. It's a kind of a problem. And the Republican Party has similar problems, but maybe not as, as pronounced because they don't have the president in power. So that kind of changes things a bit. Hey, Hank, this is Pete King. Now, you're often uh, introduced as a Democratic consultant. I find you the most straight shooter of all consultants. You really are. I mean, talking to you, you know, you get the straight news. So I really want to appreciate, you know, thank you for that and really appreciate any time we have the, you know, the, uh, you know, the opportunity to speak. Where do you see this going now within the Democratic Party with Joe Biden? Is he going to stay on the ballot? Is he going to go forward or is he going to try to find an easy exit? You know, patriotism or, part, or patriotism for party is a very difficult thing to come by. Ronald Reagan kind of had it in 1976 when he refused to finish the job of destroying Jerry Ford and, and trying to become the nominee. That was a, a more important move for the Republicans at the time. Lyndon Johnson uh, was the most powerful man in the world in 1968. He uniformly, unilaterally decided that he would not run for re-election. He, would not be the, he said he wouldn't be the standard bearer of his party first, which is a pretty extraordinary pronouncement. Nobody gives up being president or being a contender for president unless they have to. Um, it is the most powerful position in the world. Whatever the president does is important at that second it occurs. Having worked for president, I can tell you that's entirely true. Um, I don't see how he leads, under what conditions, and I don't know why he would. 
he believes, as do the, the, the people who raise money and, um, and live in Washington mostly, as you would, you would know the wealthy from both sides of the aisle, they have a fantasy life. And he believes, and they believe, that this will continue and that he will somehow get reelected. Well, if we don't have uh, uh, President Biden and we and no, no, it looks like nobody wants Harris, uh, who would you uh, say the next three candidates are? Well, very hard to predict, John. Well, go back a second, though. I, I would, if it's okay, I'd like to kind of put this in some context. The the um, the poisonous cocktail that is being that is for whatever reason now exists for Democrats, and which some Republicans, by the way, will pay the price for as well, is um, starts out with migrants, plus crime up around the country, except for murder, um, but but uh, rape, um, I think felonious assault. Burglary all up. You know, grand larceny auto through the roof. Throw in, um, let's see what else. What's next? Uh, inflation. Plus a sense of unease about the world in general. Plus Kamala Harris. Plus Biden's age. And you have a disaster. Republican problem, which shall shield is Mitch McConnell. And the, uh, the, the stupidity, which, I, which any rational person would agree on the military budget and the uh, putting the country into, into, into debt again. In a significant fashion. But look, what's the resolution? It's not clear. Could there be someone else? Amy Klobuchar would be a terrific candidate for president. Um, you know, there's a, a Murphy from New Jersey would be a good candidate for president. There are people that are there and could fill the, fill the candidacy, run the kind of campaign required, and surround themselves with rational people. But the problem here is that the political, political industrial complex, which, 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 is, uh, which is on both sides of the aisle, Filled with the usual gang of lobbyists, idiot political consultants who don't know anything, uh, public financing, which has made them live and breathe, uh, bad pollsters. I mean, all of it is in one place. And the amount of people feeding off this system requires that whoever's in power be maintained only for the purpose of ensuring their continued livelihoods. Simple. Well, Hank, uh, we've got a minute left. Anything else you want to tell the, uh, the American people? I'd like to give Hank 60 minutes or two hours today. He knows a lot. <laughs> I have 60 seconds. Hey, you know. yeah. hey, now he has 50. I have, I have hey, 60 hey yeah. this is Rudy Washington. On another hey. show, I want to talk to you about LBJ and, and why he stepped down. All right, so we'll do that on another show. Well, look, you want me really quick in 60 seconds? Yes. I think Americans, by definition, are hopeful people. And we, we have to somehow lean on our leadership to act in, in a more bipartisan fashion to solve problems and to come up with solutions that are put us out of the out of the dead hole and make us the strongest power in the world. Why? Because if we are not, the Chinese and others who do not wish us well, including the Iranians, which you talked about before, and forces that we can no longer control will take over the world and we will be very unhappy people. I agree very with happy. that. Thank you. Well, let's take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to have some breaking news from John Solomon. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're commuting home. Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. 
And joining us now with some big breaking news on Cats and Cosby is John Solomon, the founder of Just the News. John. Good afternoon, I should say. Yes, uh, what a what a day it's been. Uh, the Attorney General on Capitol Hill getting grilled. A lot of emotion, a lot of tense exchanges, not a lot of new information. I think the biggest thing that struck out to me um, uh, is that the, uh, the Attorney General can't remember whether he had a conversation with the FBI about investigating Hunter Biden. You think he'd remember that. That's probably the most newsworthy moment from a factual standpoint. There's going to be a lot of doubt about that. And it probably encourages Republicans to go get his records. Otherwise, just a lot of emotion. You can see how frustrated uh, the Republican members of Congress are with this Justice Department and the feeling that Hunter Biden got treated. That can't be true. You you can't just forget an incident like that. John, it seemed like he forgot everything today. I've never seen a searing. Honestly, I've never heard an attorney general go, I don't remember. I don't recall. I'm not sure. It was a, it was extraordinary. It sounds like the same conversation that the FBI director had that that made believe he had Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was consistent right. Mueller, with right. that. Yeah. And John Solomon, also, I saw the impeachment inquiry is going to start um, in about like yes, a week and a Thursday. half. So yeah, so walk us through what are we going to see there because that's coming up. And today was fireworks. Yeah, yeah. Today, today was definitely political theater. There's no doubt. There was a lot of elbows and a lot of hard questions. Um, I think that when you listen to what James Comer said the last few days, that the first hearing is going to be an education hearing. Why? Because so many news organizations, the Associated Press, the Washington Post, the New York Times keep saying there's no evidence that the Bidens did anything wrong. And that's simply not true. There's a lot of evidence now. Right. And so I think they may use their first hearing to drill down and force the media to listen to the evidence and lay the predicate to the American people that there's a reason we're investigating. Here is the evidence already in the record, and here's what we need to get to in the next phase. So the first one might be a little bit of a schooling and education as opposed to a star witness and some extraordinary exchanges, but that will soon follow. And I think there are two very big things going on right now. The, the House Ways and Means Committee is likely to vote out some more evidence that these whistleblowers have provided them some new testimonies, additional IRS and FBI agents. I understand there's some explosive things in there, including related to the story I broke this morning about the campaign finance case. The second thing is there is a pursuit of the money. The first money is going to be what, how did, when Hunter Biden collected all this foreign money into his account, did anything go sideways to Joe Biden? Did he pay bills? Did he pay, give money? Did he pay down payments for things? That's the first area. The second area is they are working on a lead or a series of leads that would explain whether, whether the FBI informant who said in 2020 Joe Biden might have got a $10 million buy with his son from Ukraine, from Burisma, they're working on a paper trail, a money trail, to see if that money actually changed hands. They have some reason to believe they got a fresh line of evidence there. Follow the money will be the next thing that follows that first hearing. I, I think it'd be hard to prove anything unless you actually have monies going to directly right. to President Biden. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just all hearsay. Yeah, listen, it's got to be a direct flow, right? And there's two ways that they're thinking of it. As they've said publicly, Hunter Biden got money. He said he was always paying his father's bill. If you show all this money comes in from these foreign companies and then each month Hunter Biden's paid X amount to dad's bills, that will establish one potential area. That's what the Republicans say they're working on. The second one is the FBI informant had a pretty strong reason to claim that there was this $10 million payment. Where did that go? Did it sit in the bank account for a while? Did somebody draw down from the bank account afterwards? Did the drawdowns go to something that benefited Joe Biden? I think those are the two avenues of inquiries. But I think you're right, John. Americans are only going to believe something if there's a direct trail. 
Thank you, uh, John Solomon, and uh, breaking news with John Solomon at uh, the website? Yep, uh, justthenews.com, and we love you, John. Thank you. We love you, you always have Take great care. stuff. Guys, love what you're doing. Take care. Have a good day. Now with us is uh, Lou Dobbs, one of the country's leading economists, and to find out what the heck is going on, uh, does, uh, you know, Larry Kudlow was on before, he highly criticized uh, uh, Mr. Powell. Uh, Lou Dobbs, what say you? Well, I've been saying for for years, going back to the uh, to the Trump years, uh, that the man was out of his mind to raise rates as he did, and President Trump had it exactly right, trying to constrain him. Uh, but he he is a man though who is chastened, and I think that he is doing better now. At least he is talking about following the evidence, following the data, uh, before making another move on rates. Uh, he loves to jawbone, and I understand that. That's one of their principal tools. But uh, beyond that, uh, right now, I'm pleased that he paused. Uh, The market is pleased. And I believe we are going to see further constraint on his part in the feds uh, going into the new year, uh, because we have every evidence of a slowing economy. Well, in the last 60 days, oil went back up. Brent is almost $96 again. There's going to be more inflation. And, And instead of increasing and and he and Powell refuses to talk about oil instead of increasing uh the supply of oil in North America to bring the price the to bring inflation down he may have to raise prices again on uh, on interest rates we have to remember John we're still dealing with the same president uh, as was uh, put into office in 2020 uh, this is a man who decided to shut down as you mentioned often Uh, The Keystone Pipeline, he has uh, withdrawn areas where we can drill. Uh, He has reduced, uh, cut our uh, strategic petroleum reserves and sold off a good million barrels of it to the Chinese. Uh, This man is not going to suddenly find religion and start uh, trying to restore energy independence for the United States. But we're left with an economy right now that is, we saw housing starts drop by 11 percent last month. We are watching the trade numbers reflect a slowing economy. Uh, Even the Chinese can't seem to pump out uh, any kind of uh, improvement in their trade picture, that is, their exports to the United States. Uh, And as we watch, as you point out, on energy prices, we're looking at the pump now, the seasonal highs for gasoline uh, on record. Uh, So we have a lot to navigate here. Uh, and amongst the things we have to navigate is a slowing economy uh, and a jawboning Fed. Uh, he's got to, in my opinion, be very constrained in moving rates higher from here because we are looking at the prospect of a significant slowdown, I believe, in the new year. Uh, Lou Dobbs, the UAW, if they keep pushing towards electric cars, why are they worried about a price? A, a, a why are they why are they worried about a increase in a, a, a raises if they're going to cut General Motors and them? They're going to cut the uh, the staff in in half. Well, I think that the leadership of the UAW is doing what the leadership of the UAW has done for decades. Uh, they're going to sell out. In my opinion, they're going to sell out their membership. They're talking about a forty percent raise over four years, compounded forty six percent. They're talking about an enriched pension uh, plan. Now, think about that. Uh, Improving a pension plan. Pension plans are only available to about 7% of the private sector employees in this 
in this country. Uh, the the union is talking big and shooting high, uh, but the reality is uh, there's going to be a very sudden drop uh, awaiting the UAW membership because, as you know, about half that labor will be required if they were to succeed in going to EVs. By the way, I don't think they will be successful in that in that time frame. Uh, but nonetheless, it's uh, quite a, if you will, uh, internal contradiction in the UAW leadership uh, trying to boost manufacturing wages while acknowledging uh, their membership is on is on the uh, cutting line. We got a minute left. Anything else you want to tell the American people? I don't know. I just want to say that uh, we've got a lot to overcome, and we're going to uh, this economy is far from equilibrium and being a self-correcting mechanism, which is what's going to be required with this kind of political and uh, economic leadership in the country. Lou Dobbs, thank you for everything you you say and and tell the American people the truth. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, John. Thanks. Appreciate it. And now we're going to go to Angelo Vivolo, and uh, he is mad as heck that they want to – they, they, they want, they're starting all over again. They want to bring down George Washington's statue. They want to bring down Columbus's statue. Angelo, what say you? And, and I want to tell everybody, president of the Columbus Heritage Coalition and, of course, the big Columbus Day Parade. Also, Angelo, Angelo this is Pete King. If I could just say for a moment, you had the greatest restaurant in New York. I wish you hadn't turned it down. <laughs> and you're an even greater gentleman, so thank you. Is there any Irish statues around, Pete? There's no Irish restaurants around, I'll tell you that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you very much. Uh, you know, I, I, I often ask the, the congressman, and I told him that I'd do anything to have him uh, run for mayor, but uh, he kept on denying me. He would have been a would have been a, a, a great guy to have in charge of this city. Well, if you promised to keep the restaurant open, I would have run. Oh, there's a deal. Well, I, I'll, re- I'll reopen if that, if that makes you happy and makes you do it, for sure. Please so, open, okay? Yeah. Hurry. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, first I want to say I'm really grateful that uh, the Prime Minister of Italy, uh, Maloney, was here mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, she's still here, but she went to Columbus Circle, placed a wreath, showed her support. You know, she's got courage. <laughs> she showed her support for Columbus and for the Italian American community, which was which was outstanding, and I'm re- I'm really grateful for that. But you know, they're coming after us again. You're you're right. Not only Columbus, they're coming after all. All our forefathers, the statues, the Jefferson, Washington, I don't know what they're going to do, rename Washington Square. It, it, it's really crazy. We were lucky, you know. For, we had, uh, when Governor Cuomo was governor, he helped us uh, get the uh, statue at Columbus Circle on the National Registry. So hopefully they're never going to touch that because it, it's, part of, uh, it's part of the New York State and the National Registries of Historical Monuments. I mean, we did a lot of good stuff. You know, we got Mother Cabrini statue downtown. I don't know if they're going to attack that one as well. I, I, I have no clue. But, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, the, this woke mentality is just, uh, it, it, it's insane. It's really, it, it's un-American, I say. You know, uh, I don't know what, what they want. They're, it seems to me that it's just against Western civilization in general. And unfortunately, at this time of the year, Columbus becomes the target. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, we're, we're going to, you know, shine a light. Thank God for you, John, and everyone on your program to allow me to speak and to talk uh, about, the, you know, the struggle. And, uh, and uh, hopefully people who are fair minded will understand and support and, and, and uh, you know, go against what city government's doing. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry to go on like this, but 
we have bigger problems. We have crime rampant in this in New York City. I mean, we we, we have a migrant problem. We we have so many other issues that are so important to, that they should be tackling. And they're coming and, and they're bringing up this thing about reviewing the statues of Washington and Jefferson and and uh, Alexander Hamilton and all, all of these people who lived in a different time and a different era. But, so, Andrew, uh, if we get into this, you can find things from Martin Luther King said or Franklin D. Roosevelt, Harry Truman. I mean, so many you have to judge a person by his times. That's what I think. And just like I think every memorial to Martin Luther King should stand, everyone to FDR should stand. But if we start going with a microscope, it's just going to depend who's in power and whose statue well, comes well, down. You know, Pete, uh, this is Rudy Washington, Angelo. Um, what what I think it is is that what makes a country is our common values, is our common culture, is our common language. And what you're looking at now is the, the erasure or the, uh, the getting rid of all of the foundations that made this country, uh, right down to the Constitution. Uh, they, they hate it. They're trying to eliminate it, and they're going after all of the things that make us who we are. And, and it's sad. It's really sad. And you can find things that uh, Teddy Roosevelt said about Italian-Americans. We can get down the whole list. I mean, you have to judge a person by their entire life and their entire experience. Except for me and John, nobody is without sin. Wait, 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 wait. What about Rudy, the judge, and me, Pete? I just finished that. So wait, 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 wait. What if we opened a restaurant? What if we opened a restaurant? Would you like us? Oh, then? yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Angelo, thank you very much. Thank you, Angelo. Well, thank, you. thank you for the opportunity to speak up again. And uh, I really appreciate this. And I hope, I hope that your listeners uh, have a clear mind and 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 drop and think about the truth of the situation and and, and not the, this false false uh stuff that's going on with Tidika with the civil with the uh the council bravo thank you so much angelo vivolo we love you and open the restaurant okay thank you <laughs> let's take a break again and now then we're going to come back with borough president vito Fasella and ah, see what vito. he has to say a lot on the migrants Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Boy, there was an enormous train of migrants coming from Venezuela. They're all now under a bridge in Texas. Sound familiar? And they've declared a state of emergency. The mayor there in Eagle Pass, Texas. And if you think it's bad in New York, boy, you should see what it's like down there. And it is a mess all over, especially in Staten Island, too, where there were big protests last night. Joining us to talk about all of this is Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasella. Uh, Vito, let's talk about the protests, first of all, right there in uh, Staten Island last night. And things are getting very emotional. It's this senior center that you were telling us about. And now they're opening it up. 
Well, th- thank you, Reed. It's good to be with you. And I, I just regained consciousness because I heard Peter say that he was without sin, and uh, <laughs> and he was actually saying some nice and positive things about the Italians. So, yeah, uh, yes, I was, yes. I, I got knocked around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we now. all did. But but you know what the thing was? If you give him food, I found out that everything's okay. If you open a <laughs> right. restaurant, everything's okay. And M and M's. Yeah, I mean, y- y'all. Uh, John and the whole crew and Peter and Rudy and the judge, you, you've been banging the drum for almost a year. And unfortunately, we all sort of anticipated that it was going to get to this point, that the Midland Beach section of Staten Island was last night. Homeowners, uh, people who have been there two, three generations. I know the area very well. Grew up just a couple of miles from there. Uh, they, got in, they have to deal with the situation that they did not create. And, and frankly, I'm starting to see more and more people protesting on behalf of the asylum seekers. And one suggestion is if they're holding a sign uh, supporting the asylum seekers or migrants, whatever, they should voluntarily take at least one of them into their own home or apartment. And that will help offset the burden that the people of Staten Island uh, are having to endure. And secondly, we all said this, uh, um, and we sound like a broken record. It's almost like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. You know, at the end of the movie when she says, all you had to do was click your ruby slippers three times. All we need to do is end this right to shelter consent decree, and we will help to solve the problem. And until that is resolved, until that's abolished, until it's challenged, unfortunately, the city is in a heap of trouble. Hey, Vito, this is Pete King. First of all, I sort of resent your remarks, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just accept them. <laughs> yeah, I've got the, the part about over. the M&Ms? I've got you <laughs> some over the years. No, no, seriously, my concern is that these policies are so bad with the migrants I, I would hate to see it end up pitting the community against the cops. I mean, the cops have to follow orders. And to me, they're really being put in the middle. And I would hate to have our opposition somehow divide people that should be together. How do you see that working? Because then the cops are trying to do a good job. I understand the anger of the people. But somehow if we can just stay, stay united on that, I think we'd be a lot stronger. You know, Peter has been, never been a bigger supporter of law enforcement than you. Uh, and, you know, I learned a lot from you over the years in that in that regard. And you're right. You hit the nail on the head. What's happening, good people are being pitted against good people. There's no more, no better community in the, all of this country that supports the police like Staten Island. In, in part, we're law and order, but we also have so many cops and retired cops who, who live among us. And we see what's happening here, and they are following orders. And the policies start at the top. It starts in Washington, D.C., and they shouldn't be, you know, confronting each other, their residents, their friends, their neighbors on Staten Island. And it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad, but people are getting very upset. And whether you put them in the National Mall or, as I say, full circle, if you want to support migrants, voluntarily say, I will take at least one in my apartment or house, and you will help reduce the burden that's, that's growing by the week. You know, um, Vito Fasello, Staten Island Borough President, you brought up an interesting point, as you were just talking about, obviously, about President Biden. He did the big speech before the U.N. He barely mentioned border. All he talked about, essentially, he talked about Ukraine, to his credit, but he barely talked, he talked and, about and climate change. Mayor Adams is very, very upset that uh, President Biden refused to meet with him. That's crazy. Vito, your thoughts. He did meet with the governor, but but he didn't meet with uh, Biden, uh, Biden and Adams. I mean, that's terrible. You're you are literally at the U.N. You are four avenues away from the Roosevelt Hotel and you can't make an effort to go talk to the mayor. 
That's because they abdicated their responsibility more than a year ago at the federal border. And, and rather than work together, people should be sitting around the table with either the president, the governor, the mayor, and everybody else who has a stake in this should be sitting around trying to find a solution to this as opposed to ignoring each other and basically passing the buck and talking about things that really don't matter talking about, as you had your previous guest, about removing statues. That's not what people want to be talking about right now. They want, to, they want their country back. They want to know that their kids are safe. They want to know that the communities are safe. And I think the president has a fundamental responsibility to step up and address it, and he hasn't. Yeah, but uh, other people need to start calling him out, too, because it, because it has gotten so crazy. The Democrats, it's hard for them to do, obviously. But in the middle of all this, too, Vito, this is going to keep coming. I mean, when when is that's the problem? The border is wide open and it's just going to keep coming. And these images that we saw today, Vito, uh, 4000 suddenly crossing and they're under the bridge. It's it. Where is the end? The end is when you close the border and do the right policy and say, maintain in Mexico or wherever you're coming from before you come and step on American soil. And the cost is getting crazy. Just as an example, if you took the $12 billion that they're talking about, we could send a check for $24,000 to every person living on Staten Island. That's That's the type of money we're talking about. And that's another thing that's just spinning out of control. So until I get back to until everybody gets serious about this shuts the border, puts in place the right process, hearing officers, and ends this right to shelter consent decree. Unfortunately, the people of New York City and Staten Island in particular are going to have to suffer unnecessarily. When we should be doing good things, we're being sucked into bad things. And that's what's happening as we speak. Yeah, thousand percent. Uh, Judge Weinberg, uh, your thoughts? This is such a mess. I think Vito is absolutely right. That consent decree was never intended to deal with this kind of influx by the hundreds of thousands of illegal migrants. They're supposed to be taking care of our own people, and they should go into court, and they should have it superseded. And I would say I would say we should stop and just pretend it doesn't exist. Well, that's what Rudy Giuliani, by the way, Rudy Giuliani and I had that conversation, and he said, yep. you either go and you change it, or you ignore it. And that's it, right. The easy way is ignore it. That's well, all. Thank you, Vito Frisella, Borough President of Staten Island, and, def- and defend your island. Thank you. That was strong. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you, Vito. Guys, we got a mess in our hands. Yeah, I don't know do. what the hell is going to go on. And, uh, uh, and and you know what we hasn't hit yet? It hasn't hit yet that the tax revenues are down, mm-hmm. and they're reducing the uh, uh, the budget. And five, expenses five, are going five. up. Expenses are going up somewhere. Machine kaput. Uh, wow. Well, we need God's blessing. And what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.